0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American Patriots and Minimans standing at the ready to fight anew for our liberties. Once again to the CR podcast, this is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here Wednesday, March 30th. And it's not even about fighting for American Patriots anymore, it's quite literally about fighting for the right to be a human being. What we are up against is something that really is unparalleled in human history, just because of the technology. It is now clear to me that the technology that these psychopaths have been working on for a number of years is already in place. They've already been using it, and we're only beginning to understand right now what exactly this virus is and isn't, and what exactly this injection is and isn't. And I think it's about a lot more than just creating a virus, blocking the treatment for it, and then foisting another bioweapon on us. And that's a pretty tall order. Of course they want to control us. And they do want some people to die too, and get injured. But I do think ultimately this is about long-term Controlling us from the inside out, not just from the outside in, but literally turning us into synthetic organisms. That's what this gene therapy is. And who knows what the, what the virus itself was. And the point I just want to make, you know, because I'm, I'm just in a funny mood. I was on a two hour call last night with a whistleblower, and the story that was being told the extent of the cover up, the extent of the damage in the military. It it is shocking. Nothing I've ever done in my life has prepared me for this. But what I do know is this we live in a narcissistic generation that, because of this technology and these stupid phones, people think that because they have a stupid phone in their hand, they know everything there is to know about every topic. And if it's not there on their phone, nah, it's not happening. It's not happening. It doesn't exist. And I know enough to know what I don't know, that as much time as I spend even on one of the many issues challenging us, I know there's so much more I don't know and need to learn about. And that's why even what I feel I've been giving over to you, certainly since the beginning of COVID, but the last year on the vaccine, and I shouldn't really call it that because there's nothing about it that is a vaccine, the gene therapy bioweapon, only scrapes the, the surface. And I think this is much, much deeper. And I think the plan is much greater and it's already in motion. And when you look, I mean, I saw is working on a vaccine for opioid addiction. What does that even mean? Well, we're gonna give it to people preemptively? What does that do? I mean, this stuff is all real. Everything that sounds like a science fiction movie, it's plain in sight. Sometimes I'll give you stuff I'm hearing and you know, from people I can't discuss. But most of this is it's open source. You want to find it. We just don't want to open our eyes. And sometimes we just don't have the time. I myself have been very late to this party. I've been discussing these traditional issues, which are vitally important. Destroying the country, destroying the culture, destroying the economy. But I never could have imagined they were working on literally programming and reprogramming our DNA and bodies. And not just with vaccines. We're going to have a show on Friday. Stay tuned. With two guests about 5G. And what they're doing with that. And how it ties back into the shots. So this is something much greater. Than all of us. I want to discuss this and more. Today we'll also have a special guest. First off. Our first sponsor today. Folks. One of the ways of combating. The cartel. Is becoming independent. Now. If healthcare is the biggest thing in your mind, medicine, what's even bigger is food. 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, so you have the monopoly, the pricing issues, the supply chain issue, but then you have, again, talking about reprogramming us, treating us like lab rats, God knows what they're doing with the food and all the junk in it. That's why I want you guys to get moinked, just like me, Moink delivers grass fed, grass finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild caught Alaska salmon straight to your door. They are uh, farmers who have been farming for generations in Missouri, uh, American made, delicious tasting, no junk in them, no artificial poison put into it. Uh, you know, pure meat and chicken. This is where it's out. Keep American Farming going by signing up today at moinkbox.com slash conservative right now. And listeners of this show get free filet mignon for a year if you sign up for their their monthly boxes. Um, but it's a limited time offer, so again, go to moinkbox.com. That's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash conservative. Oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. All right, so w- what do I mean by science fiction sort of issues versus traditional issues. Let's talk about traditional issues. DHS is now warning that 18,000 people a day will flow across the border when Biden suspends title 42 and Republicans gave up their leverage with the omnibus bill. That was a border patrol chief Raul Ortiz said that in the next few days, the U S will likely hit 1 million encounters About halfway into the fiscal year, 1 million this early in the year. And that doesn't count any of the gotaways, the tens of thousands of the worst criminals that are being dumped into our communities. And they're warning about a flow of 18,000 a day. That's like annualized for 6.5 million. Okay. What is that, like two Dallases in one year? And I can't think of more of a civilization-killing issue. Culture, language, border, society, crime, fiscal cost, labor market, what that does to society. All of the criminality that they're able to get in through that distraction, through the cartels controlling our border. I can't think of a greater traditional issue. And it's crazy. It's nuts. But the funny thing is... That doesn't even measure up to the bioterrorism we're talking about, that they are literally dehumanizing us. And because I've been focused on issues like that, rightfully so, I've been, I I missed this all, but now I'm putting it all together. You look at the timeline, and it goes back further than that, but just of the past decade with the inception of Moderna and Peter Daszak and Ralph Barak's research, and then Metabiota and all these biotech companies and the labs in Wuhan in Ukraine, and it's I'm like, out in the open they were telling us what they were doing. Self-spreading vaccines and creating pathogens and zoonotic you know, pathogens that jump to humans and, and working to make them more pathogenic, and then predicting with certitude we're going to have coronavirus outbreaks and then patenting this stuff years ago it's it's uh, this is all out in the open that's the thing so you know whenever i'm late to the party i want to delve into that because i'm upset that I i was missing it sometimes it's easy to get frustrated with people you know why don't you see it but the truth is i didn't even see some of this stuff ...till fairly recently. This is biblical. And... ...yeah, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do. But I could tell you nothing we're doing... ...in the mainstream conservative movement... ...and certainly the wretched Republican Party... ...speaks to this on any level. But they already have been doing this. They already have these irons in the fire... So my concern is, well, you might say, well, what could be worse than creating viruses, creating bioweapon vaccines, and killing and injuring millions of people? Well, what about turning us into transhumans? Sound crazy? I'm going to read you an article that someone sent me from a substack of this guy, Joe Allen. It's Joe Bot, J-O-E-B-O-T dot substack. Vaxed by machines, tracked by machines, humanity to be augmented by one cell at a time. And this sounds like unhinged, but when you put everything we've seen together, it's all there. It's a matter of what they're doing at what, what point, but we know this technology has been created. It's all open source, and we know that they have expressed a desire to do this. He says, we're living out of a sci-fiction thriller where unaccountable corporations openly force advanced tech into our bodies. Capitalizing on the current germophobic frenzy, Moderna's co-founder, Dr. Robert Langer, saw his experimental mRNA vaccines pushed on the American public. Riding the dark wave of corporate and government mandates, Langer became an instant billionaire. But this is, But this isn't the only fanged rabbit in his magic top hat. In 2018, the MIT scientists had developed a quantum dot tattoo, an underskin nanoparticle QR code to be scanned by smartphones in order to track the vaccinated masses and ensure compliance. Like many undignified experiments, this was to begin in the third world because social justice. Okay. And, you know, where is he getting this from? Where is he getting this from? Well, folks, it's. Out in the open. It's in Science Mag. Science.org. Okay. The title is if you want to look it up: biocompatible near infrared quantum dots delivered to the skin by micro needle patches record vaccination. I mean, this is a paper that's the title of it in science.org, December 18, 2019. And it was made. It was developed by this co-founder of Moderna. So right away, I looked at them like, I'm such an ignorant idiot. This was out there in the open in 2019, and I didn't know this. By the way, notice the date, December 18, 2019, right when the public was first finding out in China that there was something going on with the coronavirus. I mean, that is right there, that they developed a nanoparticle QR code to be scanned by smartphones, administered through a vaccine and being able to be tracked that is straight up that that technology exists that is what they are saying they have unless they're lying that is there i just that piece of information alone i felt stupid i didn't know that (laughs) so the notion that anything is too outlandish given what we already know has been done to us is absurd if you don't look at it so that's one thing that i've been humbled by I'm not gonna dismiss something that someone else alleges if I didn't fully look into that. I think that's part of the problem we live in now. Everyone thinks they know from everything. We have so much info that we have so little. Now, as I give you this 2020 vision, what I recommend to make sure you see properly, because you can't read if you don't have proper eyeglasses and you're nearsighted like I am, to use GoSpecs lenses from Rodenstock. They use advanced algorithms for more than a million patients, measuring seven thousand points in the eye. The result: more energy, no neck strain, and the ability to help you see up to forty percent better. That's why I went to Ghost Better. That's why I went to BetterSpectacles.com/conservative, and I scheduled a teleoptical appointment uh, last year with my myself and my wife, and we are loving. Are GoSpecs lenses, they're offering my audience an introductory 61% off their GoSpecs lenses plus free handcrafted Ronstock frames. Just visit betterspectacles.com conservative. So he goes on here, this Joe bot. The vax and track technology drew the intense personal interest of Bill Gates. Okay, um... You could find that in Scientific American if you want to look it up. Invisible Inc. could reveal whether kids have been vaccinated. Um, Published around the same time, it talks about Bill Gates uh, really being keen on that. Again, this is all linked to, like, not weird blogs. These are in very respected tech and medical journals and papers and um, websites. Uh, He gave $20 million to the Gates Foundation back in 2016 to develop a new type of vaccine. And again, everything coincides with around that time. Um, Three technologies drive the plot of this horrific story. mRNA gene therapy, quantum dot tattoos, and artificial intelligence. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about artificial intelligence on Friday when we talk about 5G. Advanced machine learning used to predict... The effects of mRNA mutations in silico allows for lightning fast vaccine development, including regulatory approval. Additionally, embedded subdermal tracking systems can ensure that every person on planet Earth is up to date on their shots. I mean, if you don't believe that they would do this, that this is the motivation, they're denying kidney transplants to those without them. I mean, you, you don't need to reimagine this. I'm trying to play catch up. I, I was late to the game. This was going on for, a, you know, at least a decade at this level it was going on even longer than that. Um. And it's just, this is just really scary. And again, it's a, it's a very long piece. I recommend you go through it. But let me connect more dots for you. <clears throat> Understanding all of this. You know, we talked about this connection between Hunter Biden's Rosemont investment firm funding Metabiota, which is this biotech company that tracks, analyzes pathogens, sells pandemic insurance, but then also has labs experimenting with this gain-of-function research everywhere. They were involved in Sierra Leone in the Ebola response. They were cited for having terrible, you know, Protocols with what was going on in their lab, or where WHO and CDC officials said they didn't want to step foot in them. They were accused of of contaminating people in 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 Africa during the Ebola pandemic. Um, Mick, you know, and MetabioTA partners with EcoHealth and Peter Daszak. You know, Ralph Barrick from UNC uh, Chapel Hill is Daszak's pointman scientist in the coronavirus um, bat gain of function research in in Wuhan. Both MetabioTA and EcoHealth partnered with um, Wuhan and has written papers with Wuhan and, and Bat Lady G. And it all comes back to Ukraine, Ukraine and Wuhan. So the UK Daily Mail and the National Pulse have together published more emails found on Hunter's laptop. So until now, you know, when I I wrote a summary, I wrote an article just summarizing, you know, just – I didn't do any original research, just summarizing what's out there. And, you know, all we had was Hunter Biden kind of – his company gave the first investment. But, you know, maybe it's just cronyism. He invested in a lot of well-connected companies. You know, maybe it was just one thing. But it demonstrates actually an obsession with this sort of research, and he was well involved into it even after – um, Metabiota got their initial funding you know over a decade ago on April 4th 2014 Metabiota's Vice President Mary Gutierry wrote an email to Hunter outlining how they could assert Ukraine's cultural and economic independence from Russia with their joint venture you might be thinking well how is Metabiota a biotech company what in the world does that have to do with Ukraine versus Russia Again, this this is this is eight years ago. Eight years ago, remember, 2014 is around that time is when they were doing all the gain of function in in Wuhan. Um, Barrick was publishing his stuff from 2014, 2016, and also that was the time that the CIA induced the color revolution and kicked out Yanukovych, the pro-Russian guy in Kiev. So this is all going on. Biden is vice, vice president, the senior Biden, who's now president. And he was overseeing for Obama the Ukraine-Russia sort of foreign policy portfolio. And four days later, there was another email um, dated April 8th from Burisma executive Vendim Pasharsky referring to a science project Hunter had pitched him Involving both Barisma and Metabiota. Well, Barisma, as you well know, is the the, the corrupt uh, um, energy company, gas company in Ukraine that Hunter sits on the board of, and you know that's where so much of this money laundering came about, and that's what started this whole Hunter Biden scandal. Um, the company was owned by the corrupt billionaire Mikhalay Sloshov Slochevsky, who I he's alleged to have fled to Monaco or the people don't know exactly where he is, but he fled because of, you know, he was going to be under investigation. So again, Metabiota is a, is a pathogen, you know, pandemic analysis company. And Burisma is the corrupt gas company. What in the world? And we're going to work on a project together and assert Ukraine's cultural and economic independence from Russia. So you see how this all ties back in together. Again, I never thought about this, knew about this, after receiving $18.4 million from the U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Agency under the Pentagon between February 2014 and November 2016, note that time, several hundred thousand earmarked for, for the Ukraine research projects, Metabiota has worked in Ukraine for Black & Veatch, a U.S. defense contractor with deep ties to military intelligence agencies, which built secure labs in Ukraine and analyzed killer diseases and bio weapons. That's what um, the UK Daily Mail found. They quote uh, former CIA officer Sam Thadis. It raises the question, what is the real purpose of this venture? It's very odd. His father was VP of the US and in charge of relations with Ukraine. So why was Hunter not only on the board of a suspected Ukrainian gas firm, but also hooked them up with a company working on bioweapons research. They show that Biden was so involved with Metabiota, that one email written that same month, you know, April 2014, reveals that he and his business partner, Eric uh, Schwerin, were actually discussing subletting their own office space to Metabiota. So, again, this wasn't just many companies that they just kind of invested in. This was a big, big venture and partnership. So, the National Pulse found information: a 2016 report from Science and Technology Center in Ukraine, which recounts an October 2016 meeting involving U.S. military officials, Ukrainian counterparts, Black and Veatch, and Metabiota staff to discuss the lab work. It centered around existing frameworks, regulatory coordination, ongoing cooperative projects, and research, surveillance, and diagnostics of a number of dangerous. Zoonotic diseases such as avian influenza, leptospirosis, Crimea-Congo hemorrhagic fever, and brucolosis, um, that's what they were working on. Sounds familiar, right? This is a 2019 paper authored by researchers from Metabiota and three Ukraine-based institutions funded by the DTRA sharing how they isolated a form of African swine flu using a pig from Ukraine in 2016. Okay, kind of similar to the gain of function with, you know, bat coronaviruses. They also talk about their research on anthrax in animals in Ukraine. So again, folks, how much of these outbreaks that we've had already throughout the world were caused by this? For how long have they been developing so-called vaccines based on this, and what is their agenda? But again, isn't it interesting that Ukraine became the next thing after Wuhan? And more in a moment, but uh, this segment is rightfully sponsored by Z-Stack. With everything they're throwing at you, I mean, we're becoming like lab rats, but one thing we can at least do is try to boost our immune system to be a bulwark against any of this Z-Stack, especially formulated by Dr. Vladimir Zelenko includes the right dosage of zinc, Kirsten, vitamin C, vitamin D, all in one to boost your immune system. Take it um, every day. Don't wait till you get sick. Um, Boost your immune system right away. It will really cut down on the amount of colds you get. It's GMP certified, made right here in the US of A. Go to zstacklife.com slash Daniel. Enter promo code Daniel to get a small discount off your first order. Now more than ever, you have to take control of your own health because these guys are coming for it. Um, where else have we heard Metabiota partnering and their partners working on such similar gain-of-function research of pathogens that are typically in animals? Oh, yes. EcoHealth Alliance in Wuhan. Okay, we know that they were partners with Metabiota and Wuhan. Now, remember, I played to you that clip from February 23rd, 2016, Okay, 2016. Peter Dazic spoke. It's a C-SPAN clip. He spoke and he said, We're we are only looking at viral families that include those that have gone into people from animals. So we narrow it down straight away. Then you get a sequence of a virus that it looks like a relative of a known nasty pathogen, just like we did with SARS. We found other coronaviruses and bats, a whole host of them. Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to the cells, then we well, then he said we, and then he corrected himself. He said, well, I, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create the pseudoparticles, you insert the spike proteins from those viruses to see if they bind to human cells, and each step you move closer and closer, this virus could really become pathogenic in people, so you narrow down the field, you reduce the cost, and you end up with a small number of viruses that really do, do look like killers. <laughs> that is a direct quote. Less than a month later, three weeks later, is when Ralph Barrick, which is Dazic's main researcher on this stuff, co-authored the paper. You could look it up. It's I think March fourteenth, twenty sixteen. Right around that time, um, the results indicate the virus viruses using WIVI Cove Spike are poised to emerge in human populations due to efficient replication in primary human airway epithelial cell cultures. Meaning, we know that a spike protein of coronavirus is going to emerge in humans and really screw up their lungs. Okay, this is February and March 2016. Okay, I want you to think about that. No, they didn't plan every crazy thing they've done on the fly in February or March twenty twenty. Okay, they they didn't uh from day one have a vaccine prepared. Just in a day. No. No. They were they were working and patenting this um, side by side. That was the entire point. And they had this thing a long time ago. And again, God knows what these strains of the virus are you know it's been noted by many people that have looked at the genomes and there is nobody contradicting them that a lot of these strains have their origin from at least 2018 you know what you know why it suddenly went went so crazy when it did if we think it was released even earlier and why it didn't spread as much then and why it wasn't as, as noticeable, I don't know. And These are things we're still finding out. How much of it is the vaccine? Who's to say the vaccine is not the pathogen? Or the pathogen wasn't also a quasi-vaccine and they're all kind of one. And who's to say what's, you know, floating around and why we keep having the thing, the more we vax, the more it gets worse and worse and the more the thing takes off. Who's to say that's not, people having become spike machines with their cells producing spikes all over the place, that it's not the vaccine spreading the pathogen. I don't know. But it's interesting how they knew exactly with certitude there was going to be a coronavirus that looks exactly what ultimately happened and becomes so dangerous because of exactly what they said. They seemed to know what was going to happen while also saying they were working on creating it. Again, I mean, they say this out in the open. All this stuff would have went over most of our heads then, because we didn't understand this back then. Like, oh, I want to talk about crime, the border, you know, culture and whatever, you know, was very important, obviously. I would have never bothered to care about spike proteins. But at least retrospectively, we should open our minds and hearts and understand this. I just want to give you one thing to come full circle. A couple months after that, August 1st, 2014, Nathan Wolf, the CEO of Metabiota, he penned an article in Time Magazine, and he's recounting his side of the story of Ebola in Africa and what worked and what didn't and what he thinks needs to happen. And then he says this. Okay, this is a couple months after Daszak and Barrick, whom I'm sure he was very involved with, While Ebola virus won't be the next global Andromeda strain, these are viruses out there that could be. Coronaviruses and influenza viruses, for example, show that some viruses truly can spread around the world in ways that will blindside and impact our entire planet. It is notable that a novel coronavirus, and he mentions MERS, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, and a novel influenza virus, H7N9, receive very little attention from the international media. Perhaps as importantly, there are millions of still unidentified viruses in animal reservoirs, among which almost certainly is a virus that we'd have no capacity to understand or stop were it to suddenly emerge today. Now, I would just think they're Prussian people if all they did was analyze, but we know they absolutely Created this stuff. We know this stuff was patented. So their foreknowledge wasn't just kind of being a smart scientist ahead of the curve of something that was going to naturally occur. They were creating it. And folks, that's how it all gets back to Ukraine. But 90% of the conservative media and 99% of elected Republicans are all on the side of Hunter Biden the corrupt Ukrainian government and the next part of the great reset. That is your opposition for you. So folks, this is the long and the short of it and why I can't relate to those people who think we should just move on. You know, even some allies of mine, Oh COVID's over with We're like, Whoa, what? We never even got to the bottom of who what where when how why of the creation of this entire thing i mean we have a lot of circumstantial evidence but it's not presented to the public i mean i think we have a rough idea of where it is like we just explained but the, the enormity of the consequences to the need to diagnose and run you know diagnostic te- tests on millions of americans really you know 200 million and to find treatment for those people. And then to audit everything else that's been out there. What else has been out there? Meaning, once we understand that we're late to the game in discovering this bioterrorism, how long was it going on? And what other vaccines and, and other products does it encompass? You know, they've been obsessed with flu shots, which never made sense. Because there was no evidence of a benefit, and we've talked before about negative efficacy. Um, A lot of people are pointing to an Alex Berenson piece out where he looked at, uh, from 1980 to 2020, the rates of flu. And basically, he notes that you'll find there there was no increased benefit. We went from 12 million flu shots in 1980 to 200 million in 2020. And there's literally no difference. Right? I mean, this is straight up. So we know they lied to us about that. So who's to say they didn't lie to us about adverse events? Now, clearly the flu shot, you don't have nearly the number of short-term issues. But long-term, it is a respiratory virus so-called vaccine And now that we know everything we know about respiratory viral vaccines, who's to say it didn't cause long-term immune suppression? See, we're used to the world we live in now. Oh, everyone's got this problem and that problem and autism this and allergies to this and behavioral disorders this and ADD this and kids aren't normal. And, and look, you know, I got four kids of my own and you know, I see the kids in their classes. I mean, kids are nuts these days. What is it? I don't know, but we, whatever it is, we become accustomed to it. So, who's to say some of this stuff hasn't been causing some of those problems for quite a long time? Now that we know that we're just a bunch of lab rats. But again, we can't even get a movement, a political movement, to fight what's going on right now. Yesterday, they announced a fourth and fifth, by the way, fifth shot. They snuck that in. They said for immunocompromised, a fifth one. Not, this is not a booster. This is the same formulation as the original one that they themselves are admitting that even Omicron is gone and it's mainly what they call BA2, which is totally different. So literally, as we're looking at all these countries, the higher the rate of boosters they have, the higher the rate of cases. And every country that has that is exponentially worse off than it was before having any of the shots. And they're like, you better get more shots. Well, what do you mean? Everyone's getting slammed and they keep getting it. It's biblical. It is, you know... um, it, it, it this is this is just crazy. At this point, I don't have any mercy on people that that continue with this. You know, until now, I'm like, look, you can't blame people for trusting government, but you see what you're seeing, and you're going for more. But I, I guarantee you, a good percentage of people, especially seniors, they're going to keep keep pumping up. And. Again, next week, Pfizer has their meeting with the Antimicrobial uh, Committee for the FDA Advisory Committee, and they're going to approve for babies and toddlers. How could the Republican Party not stand up to this? No, they support it. They support it. And by the way, I'm just looking here now, just breaking... Dr. Peter Marks, the FDA's top vaccine regulator, he leads the Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research at the FDA, he is now saying everyone is going to need a fourth shot, which we knew. So even Israel looks like they've almost moved on from it, but not here. And the answer is because the shot is not a means. It is the end They clearly need to control people, and they can't have a control group left, which is why they're going to keep continuing this massacre. You know, a couple of other pieces of information on us being lab rats I wanted to share with you. One's from ICANN. This is the group that has, um, you know, through their attorneys submitted FOIA requests and got documents. And they have a website, icandecide.org. Yesterday, they put out a press release, and they mentioned that on, in, on Feb- February 1st, ICANN submitted two FOIA requests to the CDC for any documentation concerning confirmed COVID-19 deaths in children 11 and younger and 12 to 15. In other words, show us a confirmed example of someone under 16 who died of covid Okay, show us one example. Because the more we find out, right, you're seeing all the revisions. And then for a while, we already had the UK study that 75% of them were made up. So they reveal on March 10th, CDC sent the following response. National Center for Health Statistics has not conducted the analysis requested for this age group and therefore cannot provide you with a data product. So despite not having conducted the analyses... ...of its own data for either of these age groups, and therefore not being able to cite even one confirmed case of a healthy child 15 years or younger dying of COVID, they were able to make a claim that COVID-19 ranks as one of the top 10 causes of death for children 5 through 11 and use that to push the vaccines... Folks, they knew this. This is all premeditated. Okay, this is not unique. There's nothing unique about this. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This isn't a botched shot. It isn't a rushed shot. It's not a mistake. They did this on purpose. You couldn't miss it. It was so abundantly clear. It's not just that oh kids and those with prior immunity shouldn't get the shot. It's that the fact that they pushed it even on those people demonstrated that this was a bioweapon and that nobody should get it. You know, I hate some of these states, some of these Republican states, they're passing legislation to exempt people with prior infection. Like what wait, what so you could have nazism and violate the Nuremberg code for everyone else, but you know that, that's a, it's a talking point to demonstrate their malfeasance, but you don't codify a law based on, well, you have rights if you already had the virus. It's ridiculous. I, I can't just a pet peeve of mine, but it's very important. But, folks, you go to the Helsinki Accords or whatever it's called, the Helsi- Hel- the Declaration of Helsinki. It was a declaration of medical professionals adopted by the world. It was first in 1964, but it's been updated numerous times throughout the decades Principles of Research, Medical Treatment, and Precept Number 18. Physicians may not be involved in a research study involving human subjects unless they are confident that the risks have been adequately assessed and can be satisfactorily managed. When the risks are found to outweigh the potential benefits, or when there is conclusive proof of definitive outcomes, physicians must assess whether to continue, modify, or immediately stop the study. This is at a study level, they say that. Here, they're doing it on the entire global human population already based on the fact that they don't know a single kid died from COVID and that we already know that so many of them in that age group alone are at risk for just that one adverse event of myocarditis. And again, we, we get bored of theirs like it's already old news, but it never gets old. I mean, the fact that your own reporting system that they played up for years, this was the safety signal that we have. We know how hard it is to submit um, a, an entry and how few people do it and how the system is so clunky goes blank on you. Every single study that has ever been done on VAERS has agreed it's woefully, exponentially underreported, And yet, hundreds of thousands of very hardcore adverse events reported in there. And, and really developing many, many patterns that, that jive very understandably with its mechanism of action. Hundreds of peer-reviewed papers out now on, on endless array of, uh, of injuries. And it, and it will never stop. Because, again, it's not a mistake. It's not that they're willing to do this despite that. They're willing to accept a certain degree of human death and injury. It's not despite. It's because of it. That's the point. I'm sorry to rain on your parade here. Another great Substack. And by the way, this is one of the terrific things that have emerged, that has emerged from you know, this destruction, is that we're, we are building a new movement out with the old phony conservative talkers, writers, and just new people, citizen journalists. This guy who goes by Naked Emperor on, on Substack, he combed through some of the FOIA documents, and we're due for a new dump soon. I guess, is it tomorrow or Friday? We're going to get a new batch of documents thanks to the court. But frankly, Pfizer doesn't care because everyone tuned it out. It's there in the open, but they don't care anymore because they won't get caught, even if it's right there. So there's a document he points to. Again, phmpt.org is where you find all this stuff. There's a 17-page document, Request for Priority Review. COVID-19 vaccine BLA125742 May 2021 So ready in May 2021 Pfizer was growing impatient and they were requesting full approval you know they got approval in August but this was in May they have a document and there's three important things that this guy Naked Emperor on Substack gleaned from the document on page 8 they note that reactogenicity and adverse events were generally milder and less frequent in participants in the older group compared with the younger group and overall tended to increase with increasing BNT yada yada dose. So first of all, again, like like you see the entire time, very early on, they knew about an array of AEs so they're analyzing which people has it more. But again, these are people that said this is safer than any other vaccine and refuse to disclose this. You can imagine that people would have known this from day one. I mean, it, it is the biggest ethical violation in, in in history. But notice they say younger people, because we are noticing this. Younger people are are hit worse. And Dr. Cole explained that's due to the lipid nanoparticles that move more swiftly in younger bodies uh, because it works with the uh, machinery of the body, which is more aggressive when you're younger. Um, That's a very oversimplistic explanation of it. But they they recognize that. So could you amend... There's one thing if they recognize older people are more at risk for adverse events. So then you could say, well, it's it's tough because they're more at risk for the virus, so then it's kind of tough, you know, you know what to do. Now the shot doesn't work, but in their mind that it does... This is, this is a perfect thing. They could have come out and said, look, younger people really don't need the shot. They need it the least. But at the same time, they're the most at risk. So this was a no-brainer not to make it available, much less mandated, on younger people. Also, if you notice, they say it tends to increase with dosage. Dosage, very interesting. And I think this is the biggest theory. We now have it confirmed from other documents, from an AMA document in that same FOIA pile, That there were almost a dozen different dosages, it wasn't all 30 micrograms. And I think, um, like I said last week, you know, Pfizer really underdosed the the young kids, they made it three micrograms, um, and went to 10 for for under 16. And that's why, as many as we, we do see under 16 dropping dead, but I don't think at the same rate as over 16, you know, younger adults. And that's because you know, they went for a low dose, it won't do anything to you. Um, and, and Moderna is now going for, for a large dose, but they admit that. It's very interesting. So basically what they're saying is there, there's an inverse relationship. The only way you can get any degree of immunity from it is if it registers in your body. And if it does, you're screwed. <laughs> that, that's the dirty little secret. Even that waning blood-based antibody partial immunity to severe illness it's only going to be if you have a dose enough to to screw you over so if you feel that you've never gotten anything from the shot you have never had any adverse events doesn't mean you won't later in life You, you know very likely could but it will also mean you got nothing out of it and then also it raises the question in my mind what about the cumulative effect of all these doses does that kind of add up over time So there's that. Um, then there's another admission. They admit that clinical laboratory evaluation showed a transient decrease in lymphocytes that was observed in all age and dose groups after dose one, which resolved within approximately one week. Okay. What they're saying, your lymphocytes are what kills, you know, that's, that's part of your innate immune system. That's what kills pathogens. They admit to immune suppression before it goes up. I mean, we, we, we've known this. We see it in the macroepidemiological data. We've, we've seen it in every study in every, of every ilk of every journal that has looked at this. But they, again, they knew. Imagine having, having something that says, I'm going to make you more vulnerable to this at least in the first week before you get some immunity imagine how they disclose that to the public and again especially a lot of people would often go out and get it during a panic when it's spreading a lot in an area like oh my gosh I don't want to get it but it's like dude but then you're going to kill more people because that's you're likely going to wind up getting the virus before it even has the take up and when it has already decreased your lymphocytes. They say for a week, there's evidence is at least two weeks, but whatever, they knew that. So there's that. But then there's something else very interesting he notes. That they divide the groups in their trial into those trial and placebo they had those without evidence of prior infection and those with evidence of prior infection. And I'm not gonna get into it's not worth getting into all the ins and outs, and you could see his piece is very well done. But he basically notes that if you peel peer into their data on this um on this piece, on this, again, this 17 page document, you'll find that they admit that there were zero cases of COVID in their placebo and trial groups among those with prior infection. So they knew right, they knew this right away that those with prior infection did not need the shot. And yet they pushed it anyway. They pushed it on people anyway. And Again, I don't know how to move on to other things. I don't know what you do when you have the Idaho governor. You have you have something like this and we have a bill to stop companies from mandating something like this on a human body. And this piece of garbage vetoes it. And by the way, just to get off on a little bit of a tangent here, Idaho is so important. Idaho, there's a freedom slate running in every statewide position. Most states we can't even get credible challengers. Now, I'm not saying they have it there. I'm not saying it's not an uphill battle and we might lose. But at least there are credible challengers against the establishment for governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and secretary of state. Okay? um, My friend... Uh, Dar Moon, his wife Dorothy Moon, is in the House of Reps there and she's running for Secretary of State. Very important for election integrity. Um and you know, we we have for A G running, I think Raul Labrador is running, and then for Lieutenant Governor, we have another one of the Liberty ladies um from the house. So that's gonna be really important. That's May seventeenth. Um a lot needs to be done. I would love to set up a trucker rally in Boise to protest the governor. I really think, you know, it's not getting traction at a national level. I really think the way they could make their mark is going into these, you know, small red state capitals. Think of Boise. Think of, you know, you go you go to Wyoming, you go to the Dakotas. And... States like Alabama, South Carolina, and protests demand a set of demands that the shots are terminated and all mandates are terminated. But again, at this point, it's not enough just to be opposed to mandates, which most Republicans are not, despite their rhetoric. What is it going to take to say you can't distribute this thing? This thing is a million light years past the threshold that we pull a product for just makes no sense. Another news, Governor DeSantis in Florida looks like he's going to push for a special session um, around April 19th because he had to veto their redistricting map. His own party gave Democrats the advantage, go figure. So he vetoed it, so they need to do redistricting. He's trying to expand it to other issues. I know he wants to pass constitutional carry. To me, that would be a great opportunity to come back for more on medical freedom. Also on crime, too. be great to push a constitutional carry bill with a bill to lock up gun felons. Because you know, the left going to say, oh, you're going to have gun violence from constitutional carry. All right. Well, let's lock up the gun felons. We know you don't want to because you don't believe in prison. The Florida governor is to the Republican Party what infants and toddlers are to Pfizer. Namely, they're a control group. We used to think maybe you can't maybe you can't possibly win on our values anymore. We don't have a single governor in a state like Wyoming and Idaho that believes in our values. Yet here we have in what was considered a battleground state, it's the third largest state, a lot of urban areas, and he is demonstrating that you're crushing it. I mean, the latest polls have him up double digits against all his Democrat primary challengers. He's very popular. And a classic example is, um, you know, you look at Disney going to war with him over the grooming bill, the, the, their so-called right, right? You have a right to control someone else's body, you have a right to mask them, so you also have a right to groom them in school, in the public schools. So, you know, they're threatening to do all sorts of crazy things there. And he's staring them right down. Because he understands what so many other fake conservatives never understood is that they're like barking dogs. They act like they have more people behind them than they do. 100% of the political class supports it. But polls show that a majority of Democrat voters are actually on the governor's side. And he's just exposing them. And this needs to be done on every other issue. So... That's where we are on some of those other issues. Um, again, just getting back to what's going on here. Why are they being so vicious? What I'm telling you is there has to be an ulterior motive. You think COVID's over with already. They're, they're moved on, moving on to the next thing. But they're not moving on to the next thing because I told you it's not over. And it never will be over. And the reason is simple. Simple. Because people fear pathogens more than anything around. So they're going to use other things, fear. They're going to use Putin. They're going to use the next thing. The Ukrainian variant is already waning. So, you know, watch for them to juice up with other things. But the reality is that's always going to be there because it's part of a broader biotech terrorism. And like I say, I, I think it en- encompasses things like 5G and other things as well. We'll talk about it on Friday. But why are they being this vicious? Because they cannot afford a control group. Any little bit of opposition exposes them. People don't realize the craziness that's going on. We're supposed to care about democracy in Ukraine, which violates human rights all the time, by the way. I didn't even realize this. This is from the post-millennial. Member of Parliament Randy Hillier in Canada was arrested for supporting an entirely legal protest. According to Hillier, he's being charged on three counts of counseling others to an uncommitted, indictable offense. One count of obstructing a person who was aiding a, a public or peace officer. Two counts of obstructing a police officer. Basically, simply for supporting the truckers. This is happening in good old Canada. Then you move over to France. This is from the Daily Exposé. William Engel, he's a scientist and one of the, was one of the prominent critics against, you know, everything going on in the pandemic in the Netherlands. He has a website where he publishes information. He's also been an activist, you know, leading protests. And basically, that guy was arrested too. This is absolutely nuts. So the more we discover what they're doing, the more vicious they're going to get. They're not going to be like, oh man, you got me. You got me. You need to meet power with power. Again, imagine if we had someone like the Florida governor in every position of power in the Republican Party. It's not just the synergistic effect of having the entire movement around that that would change the the course of history. It's that DeSantis himself would be much more aggressive than he already is. Because right now he's so far ahead of everywhere else. Just imagine, imagine what could be done. But there's a reason for it. It's done by design as well. You have a small group of psychopaths that run the world. And what they did, and not just in America... <clears throat> But in every country, even those where you have multiple parties, but you mainly have two parties in almost every country. And they made sure to divide up their psychopaths into two parties. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. So that way, the voters constantly have to vacillate between one and the other. It's a pendulum. If one's up, one's down. But it's got to be one of them. You know, Labor or the Tories. Social Democrats, Christian Democrats, Republicans, Democrats. And... Basically, it's their insurance policy. They'll have the more kind of openly aggressive party, and then people will find that you know crazy until they vote them out. Until we no longer have elections, which we're moving towards that direction. Okay, well then they have their Plan B, and in America that's the Republican Party, where they f- pretend to fight it but actually enshrine everything they're doing, and often more subtly and effectively. Than the left because they disarm any opposition. Okay, this is this is something that is that is extremely extremely important. I can't impress upon you guys enough. But anyway, I was supposed to have Dr. Paul Alexander on, epidemiologist. Uh, you know, I've just been waiting for him. He hasn't been able to show up, so we'll get him another time. Um, but watch out for Friday's show. Let me know your questions on five G and how it possibly amplifies the graphene of the shots, gives people nervous system disorders and how that's the new bioweapon. Um, let me know what you wanna ask of our guests. We're gonna have two guests on Friday. Folks, look, you know, no amount of information is too much for me. I can't possibly keep up on everything. Um, some of you send me great stuff, it's just I don't have time to get to it. It's not that it's not important, but continue emailing me, Daniel uh, danielhorowitz at startmail.com, dhorowitz at blazemedia.com, whichever one you prefer. Please give us a five-star rating and a shout-out in the the comments on iTunes so we can get this everywhere and be a super spreader of self-spreading nanoparticle for truth. Fight fire with fire. Fight evil with goodness till tomorrow. God bless you all, and thank you for listening.